It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, good afternoon, and thanks for listening to Radio Talking Book Service. It's time for another Community Conversations. And today, we're talking with Maria Torres. She is the Health Equity Coordinator for Pottawatomie County Public Health. Maria, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You have a busy job. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to even have this job. Of course. Um, So actually, I am a native from El Salvador, um, and I came here when I was 10 years old. So, you know, just coming here, new country, new culture. um, It was one of those things of the only thing that I knew how to say was say hi. So (laughs) it took me a minute. Yeah, it took me a minute to learn English, but I'm getting there. You know, I still feel like I'm learning something new every day. So it's awesome. Um, on how I came about this job. So back in 2019, COVID-19 happened. Um, you know, and I feel like as we were having so many things going on, um, that's how in 2020, I know that, uh, I had worked here a little bit back, um, for, and I was working for, let me see, what was it called? For the recycling center. And I worked there just for a few months. Uh, But when I worked there, uh, I was asked like, hey, would you be able to come and help with Spanish to one of our nurses? We would love to have you um, just to help us out with, you know, that side of the community. And I'm like, you know, of course I'll be there. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So after that, I left. And on 2020, uh, I got a call from Maria Seek, who is the administrator for public health. And she's like, hey. Um, I don't know if you knew like what's going on recently with COVID-19, but we need someone to help us out with Spanish. Is there any way that you would, you know, come and help us out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that moment, I was extremely grateful. One, because my hours is being extremely cut off from uh, where I was working. So mm-hmm. at that moment, I'm like, this is a sign from God. You have uh-huh. to do it. You know, it's just go for it. And And at the point she's like, you know, it's just, something temporary don't we're not planning on opening this job or anything like that and I'm like look I will get whatever I can right now right so that's how it all started and on uh 2021 um there was talks about maybe opening some positions um for full-time jobs and I'm like you know it would be amazing it is a government job you know there's security there yeah um School. so once the position came about, uh, both Maria Sieg, the administrator, and Matt Wyant, who is our director, were like, you know, we we have this position. We think it will be perfect for you. Um, so I helped them create my job. Ah. Uh, so it was, it, you know, it's an honor to do that for mm-hmm. for public health, nonetheless. And I am not educated whatsoever when it came to it, but I have the passion to help people. You know, that's one of my main things. I want to be able to help. And my drive was my community. I'm like, you know, I grew up here. I saw that there was absolutely no help. Um, that's where I want to start. I want more language, more communication in Spanish. And yeah. And then going out into the community now and seeing that we're all struggling, like every yeah. single community, it was more of a push of, I am in the perfect spot. It's just learning and asking the right questions. 
That is so awesome. Well, yes. congrats. That I mean, you're right. You were in the right place at the right time, right? Yep. Yep. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you're there. So Thank tell you. us, I guess my big question to even start is what is considered public health? Um, so for my understanding, you know, public health is um we help everyone. The okay. you know, and and I think that was what captivated me even more. Uh, I was having a conversation when I barely started with Matt Wyant and he's like, you know, for public health, mm-hmm. we're not going to turn anyone in, anyone out. Um, it was one of the things that we were having issues where people were worried of, what if I wear a mask? What if I don't want to wear a mask? Does that mean that you're not going to let me in? Blah, blah, blah. And we were having that conversation of how do we let people know that we're, it doesn't matter. Like you are going to be welcomed here. You're not, it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with your health and how do you want us to help you? Right. And you're right. I think you're right. Ever since 2019, nobody's okay. Yeah. I mean, even today, right? Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Keep coming. It's like nonstop. So with public health, are there anything areas that you always cover? Is it just, is it mostly like mental health, physical health, all of the health? So personally, I feel like I, and I, I love it. I feel like I have a little bit of everything. Um, I, you know, especially when it comes to trying to help my side of the community, the Hispanic Latino community is just having the information. What are we doing and what services are we offering to make sure that I know? So once I go out there into the community, I let them know like, Hey, this is what we're offering, especially because I know Spanish and I, and I can do it in their language. So. I that's think that's cute. the most helpful thing. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I just talked to somebody that actually teaches language and they're interpreters and translators. And you're right. I mean, it's all about accessibility, right? And if we yes. can't all speak the same language, we're so grateful that we have you so that you can help those people because everybody deserves to be taken care of. Exactly. And I think that's, that has been one of my main goals lately, you know, and I, and I will say this. And I, when I talked to Becca, uh, it was, I had just recently found out and it just leaped my mind. You know, it was one of the things that I knew that within my community, not everyone is as educated, not everyone graduated, not right. everyone were able to go to elementary school back in their country or just anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it, it started with, hey, did you know um, that not everyone knows how to read a flyer? Right. Like, yeah, you can make it pretty and all you want. Um, but most people, you know, that don't know how to read, they'll just look at it and be like, oh, that's cute. And then put it back down. Right. Um, so now we're trying to push, you know, that's the reason, one of the main reasons I, I went to talk to Becca because I, it just slipped my mind. And it, maybe it's due to the fact that when I go to see my grandma too, I am explaining to her like, Hey, this is what we have going on. You need right. to get the vaccine and this is the things that you need to do, right? The right steps. Yes. Um, so we kind of ignore that side of we need to see where we're what gaps we're missing, because there's certainly, you know, those pockets when it comes to communication and language that I feel like we are all somehow kind of not ignoring, but not paying attention to them because we're trying so hard of, well, we know that this is working, but we don't pay attention of like, but who are who else are we missing? Right. And are you finding um, is it mostly elderly folks? It's all over the place. Uh, you know, okay. yeah, because so when I, one of the stories that I do tell is, you know, when I came in here, um, it, and the, the kids that I was going to school with, 
um, you know, from Mexico City, Guatemala, El Salvador, a lot of them were like, I'm only here for a little bit. I just want to collect money and go back home. Um, because that's where they, it, I mean, it's your language is your home. You, you feel comfortable there. So you don't feel the need of, I need to push more. I need to do more. Um, and when, and we kind of ignore that, you know, so yeah. when, so after a while, I started seeing the, well, I still don't know how to read. I still don't know how to speak the language. Right. Yes, I have been here for so long. And, you know, they're, they're like, oh, no, I thought back then uh, I was going to back, go back home. And right. I think we all we all have that mentality of I am going to go back home. I'm only here temporarily, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're a child. You're like, well, I'm going to go back. You know, I'm going to go see my friends. I'm, my family is out there. Why would I stay here? You know, and you don't notice that as you're growing up, you're building uh, those relationships you're having, you're making a home here. Yes. It's like, that's what happened to me. You know, now I have a seven-year-old, I'm married. I, it's just, right? it's crazy. And I'm like, I, and I go back to El Salvador and I'm like, oh my God, I need to go back home now. Right. It's, it's right. just the culture shock because you get so used to here that you kind of, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you're here. Yep. <laughs> you got a great job. I love it. Yes. So tell us in your words, what is health equity? What does that mean? So health equity is just, um, and I kind of even wrote notes about it too. Uh, so it's, I feel like for health equity is being fair uh, and not being impartial, just making sure that everything is the same. Um, right throughout. And that has to be hard because I've been here my whole life and I'm dealing with an elderly mom right now. That's not, not well. And the health system is the pits. Yes. It is the pits. We forget so many people, like you said, and I feel like, especially the elderly, and I can only imagine what it must be like if you don't speak English and you need healthcare, right? That's where oh. you come in. So <laughs> yes. what does a typical day look like for you? What do you do as the, the equity health equity coordinator? So I am all over the place. Um, but one of my main goals right now is just looking for those resources. How do we make those partnerships, those collaborations to make sure, you know, that we are reaching, um, those, that population where we're missing that connection. Um, so I, on Mondays, I'm at Iowa Western. Um, just due to that, you know, I know that we're for public health, we're trying to be there every single day that we can just to make sure that we are serving our students um, with testing, we're just any questions that they have. Okay. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go and help at the pantry with the language or, you know, just giving them resources. Sure. Uh, whatever we do not have, I want to be able to say, hey, we don't have it, but this organization does and they will help you. I have okay. direct contacts where I can be like, hey, just contact this person. I promise you they'll answer right away and they will help you as soon as they possibly can. Right. Uh, Let's see, on Fridays, I'm at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, so I help there. But usually I feel like I'm running around um, just having appointments with other like executive directors, just asking them like, hey, what do you guys offer? What can we help with? So we can have that collaboration, that partnership. So, you know, it makes it easier on all of our, uh, especially like our most vulnerable populations, how can you guys help them? How can we make sure that we are connecting people to the right people? Right. Um, so they're able to have that equity side. 
because yeah. we are we are all missing that. I feel like we're missing that connection. And mm-hmm. one of my main goals is how do we try and make sure that we collaborate and come together, work together, because mm-hmm. we all have those much needed resources. And how can we make sure that we're getting, uh, you know, to those populations? Right. And I can only imagine, I mean, that's going to be a lot of work. If you're the first person that has ever done this, right, in Council Bluffs, it's like, wow. So when you're working with these communities that experience the health equity challenges, what are some of the challenges they face? Is it, I mean, I know, so we know sometimes they can't read. Mm -hmm. What about like transportation? What about, what are some of the other challenges? So, um, oh, it's everything. Um, right now we have, you know, a huge, um, problem with homelessness. Why? Because after COVID-19, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people, you know, are just, they're either closing down places or they just don't have enough space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I keep telling people, you know, like, I know that you don't see a lot of the Hispanic Latino side out there, but we do have a huge homeless population there too. But the thing is that we have our families, right? And that's yeah. the reason why a lot of people say, well, all of you live in one house. And it's like, how, how else do you expect us to when, you know, yes. we don't have that documentation. So on that side, you know, there's no documentation. There's no, they, they don't want to give us a, um, a driver's license, just simple little things that you can get help with. Right. Uh, I've been trying to, ask for help on that side, but there are, you know, most of the organizations that I have been working with, they're like, well, unfortunately, you know, we need all of those documents for them to get help. Um, The only, and I am so grateful, you know, I get to go out there and meet, um, meet with people and hear what they, what off, what services they offer for interfaith response. They do not care. They're like, you know, whatever documentation they have, we will take. They need help and they need help right now. You know, they don't need it later. It's right now. And it's amazing yeah. to hear those things, especially when they're in the need. Right. Um, yeah. And Central Latino, that's what they can. And I know that they have been helping a lot, too. Um, but it's just when it comes to fi- the financial side, interfaith response it has been doing a great job with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> But we're all having issues with it. So I I guess I never thought of this. Um, So to receive any kind of care, you have to have some kind of documentation. Yes. An ID of some sort. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really? And as we know, you've got to get to the place to get the ID and then you got to spend the money to get the ID. So all of that is a challenge in itself. Yes. So and I don't know what the Iowa uh, legalities are, but. Do you all, is it easy for somebody to go get an ID over there? Or is it like in Nebraska, it's a thousand hoops, right? Yep. (laughs) And they made it worse this last session. They made it worse, even harder to vote, even harder to get ID. So it's the same over there. Yes. So uh, Iowa has always been like this. Um, And I know, you know, by experience, I throughout my life when I had, when I, uh, you know, when I first got here, at 11 years old, my first ID was a uh, work permit. Okay. So through immigration is not even called um, any other than just a work permit. So at 11 years old, if I would have shown up, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what immigration gives you is a work permit. So you're like, so at 11 years old, I can go and ask for a job. So you don't care if I go to school or anything like that is just a work permit. Oh. Uh, and usually that lasts, it depends on how Im- the immigration laws change because they change 
I feel like every single day. Uh, but while I was growing up, it was like every year or every 18 months mm-hmm. that you would have to be paying immigration to get that new document again. And that's even mm-hmm. if you were, you know, if they uh, said, yes, you're allowed to be here 18 more months or actually yeah. forget it. We're, we're not going to do this. Um, but here in Iowa, it was when I first got my, um, my driver's license. What's the permit when I was 17? They gave it to me just for those 18 months. And after that, I had to go and pay again and get a new one and show them that document of, okay, like they have accepted my work permit. So I'm allowed to be here 18 more months. And that's how it was. And that's when, you know, unfortunately, and this is might not be legal, but we were, we used to go to Omaha to go get our license because Mm -hmm. of back there. But or back then, there at least would give us the license for like three years to five years. And that was better, you know, because it especially when it came to to my mom, you know, I, I grew up in a with a single parent. So mm-hmm. for her to stop working, just imagine like, oh, for 18 months, I'm allowed to work. And then what about the rest? What happens then? Like what's going to happen to my children? Because yeah. she was not allowed to ask for, you know, any SNAP or Medicaid or Medicare or anything like that for my sister and I. She only had it for my younger brother, but yeah, but it was just, you know, family of four. How, how, how am I going to make it day by day? So, and I, and I tell this to people, I hate those ramen cups because that's what we used to eat. Yes. Yes. I can. Yes. Yep. So when people show them to me, I'm like, that's great. And my son loves them now. So now I have to purchase them. And I'm like, no, no, you have all of them. Oh, God. Well, we don't make it easy at all for anybody. I mean, we really don't. And it's so sad because it should be as simple as I'm not well. I need a doctor. I am injured. I need the hospital. It should just be that simple, but it's not. So, And I I think that's why they see, you know, the rise of people not paying their bills. Yep. Because it's like, or that they don't go to the doctor. You're going to. Because I growing up, that was one of the things. To me, it was, if I'm not dying, I'm not going to the doctor. Right? And probably I was at that point, you know, but it was, I don't have insurance. I don't have the kind of money to be spending. I'm not getting paid enough to do or to pay for those bills. So for us, it was like, okay, I'm just going to drink a Tylenol. It's going to go away. It's kind of like, I don't know, are you familiar with the snap cliff effect where if if you're on snap, and you get a raise, a lot of people don't take that raise because then they can't be on snap. So it's like this constant cliff that everybody's on. If I do this to better myself, but then I got to miss work. It's a constant catch 22. Don't get me started on this healthcare lack thereof in this country. But anyways, so tell me in your opinion, since you've been in El Salvador and now here, we have all these barriers. Why, why do they exist? I mean, I know that's a huge question. <laughs> but it's like, why? What is the problem? Honestly, I think it's the system. It's just beliefs, yeah. you know, things that you grew up with. And I, and, you know, going out there and talking to people and asking the right questions. You know, I know that before growing up, I used to hear things and even I became that kind of person. You know, I, I would be the, oh no, they just dislike us because we're a different color. We speak a different language. But it's usually the way that you grew up, you know, and that's, and it's not a fault of mine, nor it's a fault of yours. Right. Um, but it's one of those things that as I'm growing and I'm learning, it's, it's, I mean, we have to do better with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be kind. And I feel like being kind nowadays is very expensive. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing on how, you know, I have had 
elderly people come up to me and just apologize. They're like, I'm so sorry. You know, when I was younger, I used to think this way, but now seeing you doing this and helping me out. Oh my God. Again. Oh, I love actually, that. Right. Yes. And you're and, changing lives. Yes. Yeah, and you know, so just hearing that and, and they just come up to me and I'm like, don't, please don't apologize. I'm like, hey, it was, you know, it was not fault of yours. And I completely understand that now. Mm-hmm. But before, you know, growing up, I was just so angry. And I used to be like, but why? I just got here. You don't even know me. Now, yeah. And it would be like, you know, do you know what I went through to get here? And it's the same thing, you know, like the back and forth. You don't know my story and I don't know yours. Right. So I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to be that person of like, hey, just slow down one second. Yep. And listen, because you're not yeah. the only one who has something to say. Yeah. So this, I mean, it sounds like some of your job might be a little bit tough. Yes. <laughs> so how do you navigate that on a daily basis? I am grateful for the little things. Um, you know, I am amazed by the group of people that, that I have met um, just by coming, you know, going to the pantry is one of my biggest things. I feel, I don't know what it is, you know, we, that we're, it's a place where we all come together We understand that we're all struggling in one way or another, Mm -hmm. but it's just a sense of, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it other than the energy there just shifts. And I just feel so happy when I'm there and everyone there, almost everyone knows my name. And I'm like, how do you know my name? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And probably too, because everybody has to eat. Yes. Food brings us together. Right. Right. And And you know, it's a perform. Yeah. And you know, if I, if I get stuck in the bad things, then every, my entire day is going to go bad. And right. I'm trying not to let that happen to me. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what they went through today. You know, right. what if today was the day that they got laid off? You know, yeah. I, I try to think um about the possible things that people go through because I know that I'm not the only guy and only one going through it. And I'm like, what if they had an argument? Because I know that sometimes yeah. when when I have an argument with my husband or with anyone, I'm just like, I want to shut down. I don't want to deal with people. So, right. and I know that people can tell that in my face because I, my face doesn't lie sometimes, you know, but it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's one of those things. I'm like, I'm trying to be as, as understanding as possible. I'm sure. trying to let it go. I'm just yeah. learning, you know, I truly am yeah. kind of learning. <laughs> well, I think we all are. It doesn't matter how old we are or where we come from every day. We can learn something from somebody. Yes. Right? So with all, since you've been there, have you seen some changes with equity? Yes. I... Tell us, tell us. <laughs> so I'll say, you know, now, especially in my department, um, just a few months ago, we hired a, Spanish-speaking nurse. She is from Mexico. So I'm just really excited about that. It's just now that they, you know, they have that of there is a need and we need to make sure that we're meeting that need. It's very exciting for me, um, especially, you know, when they listen to me and they're like, yeah, you're right. Especially when it comes to language and just doing those little things. I'm like, how can we, you know, grow and make sure that as a department, we're also showing the entire county because we're county employees. Right. So, you know, my mind is like, if we start here, I know that they're all want to want to do it because they'll see how many people are coming in. Right. And they're going to want mouth. that too. Right. Word of mouth. Yes. Maybe yeah. one grandma says, Hey, I went in and I got my shots. You should go do this too. Perfect. Yes. So I was on your website and I saw that mental health came up as the top concern locally and regionally. 
is this due to COVID-19 or is this always <laughs> been something? I put, I blame everything recently on COVID-19. Uh, and honestly, that was a president that shouldn't have been. But <laughs> I, I mean, mental health is a big issue lately with everybody. Yes. So what's your thoughts on that? So I will be completely honest. I am grateful for COVID-19 on that side mm-hmm. because we did have mental health, you know, issues before. COVID-19 just highlighted it. And yes, yeah. you know, we were isolated and that kind of, I mean, that made it worse. But at the same time, mental health has been something that everyone has been talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'm very passionate about that. I was, you know, uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD last year. So just knowing what I have and knowing that I'm not crazy and knowing like it's mental health, we right. all need help in some kind of capacity because mm-hmm. I know, you know, and I keep saying this a lot, I'm not the only one going through it. I know everyone is going through something, right. um, even if it's just those low, those low days. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you just don't feel like doing anything or you just feel, um, I don't know that you're not good enough, even yeah. though you are, it's just, it's the way that we have been living. And now knowing that there's something that actually highlights it, like, Hey, let's talk about it more. Yes. Physical health is important, but so is mental health. We should all have that line. And I think that we should all be talking about it more. Yeah. Maybe we can do more with that. Yeah. And put away the stigmas. There yes. should be no shame. And if you need mental help, uh, therapy, medicine there should be no shame in that correct ever so between like physical mental health is it about even disparities that you tend to over there yes okay oh yeah definitely and you know when we talk about that we want to make sure that we're talking about both because we need to take care of our entire body and mental health right um because there is such a thing as a burnout you know especially going through COVID-19 working seven days a week which yes. was so much fun. <laughs> oh gosh, right? How any of us, I mean, it, that was terrible. But again, I don't really think anybody's really recovered. No, I don't think it's, I think we need to kind of get rid of that thought too and just kind of move forward because it's mm-hmm. something that we're going to have to live with for the rest of our lives, at right. least this generation that we have that we have gone through it. Yeah. And it's just, how do we come to a new norm? How do we, you know, now actually address more of the issues that we have and let go of that because that's I mean COVID-19 is going to be a part of our lives forever now we have now we have you know a vaccination that it's going to be a yearly thing so just like the flu how do we move forward just adapt to that new norm and just make sure that we're taking care of our health um because it's I mean, it's all you got. Yeah, it is. Oh, right? It's all we got. And if we just get stuck in the thought of like, oh my God, I went through all of that. Right. We exactly. already went through it. Yeah. We already mm-hmm. went through it. We're past that. How do we move forward? Make sure that we are keeping each other safe um, and that we're being kind. Yes. That is huge. That yeah. is really huge. The kindness goes a long ways. Oh yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you don't know somebody, just always be kind. Because yes. like you said, you don't know what the kind of day they're having. Right. So if they're crabby at you, it's like, okay, this doesn't have to do with me, but it is kindness. It goes a long, long ways. <laughs> well, Maria, I could talk to you forever. And sadly, yes. we're almost done with our time, but what is a good address? If people want living over there in council bluffs, want to mm-hmm. check out what you offer, what is the Pottawatomie County health public uh, health website? So the website is, and I, I'm going to try and spell it as much as I can. So it's okay. public health. Okay. 
dot pot county. So it's P O T T County dash I A dot gov. Oh my goodness. Okay. So public health dot P O T T County dash I A dot gov. Correct. Okay. Perfect. And what about a phone number? Just in case somebody would rather call you. Oh. Oh, I'll give that out. Uh, so my direct, uh, and this is my cell phone number, my work cell phone, and it's 712-828-2064. 712-828-2064. So if you have questions, you can call Maria or you can go to the website and see, and you have all kinds of great information there. So make sure you check that out. Maria, thank you so much for taking care of everybody over in Potawatomi. You've got a big job, but you're doing it. And thank hey, you. No, thank you, guys. Seriously. I mean, it's a big job, but it's a much needed job. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for taking the time today to spend with us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to Radio Talking Book Service. That was Community Conversations with Maria Torres, Health Equity Coordinator for Pottawatomie County Public Health. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.